0: Hello and welcome to We Are Marvel, where we explore all the corners of the cinematic universe. My name is Jeremy. My name is Justin. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having us and for us being here and for you letting me be here as well.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Starting like that. I like it. It's weird. I, I, I've i noticed this, that usually you'll, you'll take the vibe from whoever the co-host is yeah i've noticed you do the same thing on uh, on pod and gore your other podcast that you do with our buddy brandon
1: check that out so, wherever you listen to podcasts
0: absolutely yeah i did i noticed that um it was on the last one i listened to Shaun of the dead uh yeah. which is a great listen by the way so yeah definitely give that one a listen if, if you're uh into that movie yeah but he he started i think he was the the main host i guess as you would call it on right. that episode and yet you just you he, you were giving him the same vibes he was giving you, and I was like, this is very reminiscent. <laughs> it's what he does to me. Yeah. So anyways, back to this podcast. Yeah. Uh you are right though. Thank you guys for joining us. Um we're excited to get into this topic. As you know, it's it's Avengers. Um we've kind of been building up phase one to get here. Yeah. This is kind of the, the culmination of all of phase one and 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 we made it, everyone. We, we made here. you wait an extra week. We apologize. <laughs> you know, there were other things planned, and this kind of fell through, and I wasn't completely prepared, so I'll, I'll take part of that blame. Sure, sure. Um, But we're here now.
1: Yeah, thankfully, it wasn't quite the, uh, the Ant-Man of Phase 1, where it was like, oh, it's supposed to be 2009, but we'll make them wait until 2015.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got a little note about that later on, I, th- I think. Or at least okay. I read about it. I don't know if I yeah. kept it or not. We'll find out. Yeah, this could be a long one. Um, mm-hmm. So strap in, just in case. But um, just did. Let's just get into it. So uh, we're talking about here, like I mentioned, Marvel's The Avengers. Woo. And a little little blurb here that I got. I don't know where I got this, one, but it was nice and short because the last one, I think you said it was, well, it was a bit long. <laughs> so, so I got short this time. <laughs> so what we got here is. Earth's mightiest heroes must come together and learn to fight as a team if they are going to stop the mischievous Loki and his alien army from enslaving humanity. They'd better. Is that better. Is that nice and precise for you? Yes. That's much okay. better. Yes. All right. And uh, thank you guys for listening. That was <laughs> Avengers. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was directed by Joss Whedon. Screenplay by Joss Whedon and, uh, reluctantly, Zach Penn. Um, I think i go into that later. That uh, Joss Whedon was not a big fan of that. Um, it starred Robert Downey Jr., Chris oh. Evans, Mar- Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, Kobe Smulders, Stellan Skarsgård, and Samuel L. Jackson. Dang them. it's I know, quite the freak. this cast. is
1: the smallest movie of yeah, the right? Avengers. Oh,
0: Yeah, this is the smallest movie. Huge names, yes. of the Avengers movies. Oh man, it's crazy. But we're not there yet. Pretend like you guys don't know that. This is all news to exactly. you. Exactly. This just came out this week, so yes,
1: we bring it to you hot and fresh.
0: Speaking of just came out, the release date was April eleventh, twenty twelve, in the El Capitan Theater, right there in good old Hollywood. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Hollywood, California. Yeah. And then uh, tw- May fourth, twenty twelve, in the United States. May the fourth be with you. Uh, the budget was two hundred and twenty million. I think two hundred went to Robert Downey Jr. The twenty mm-hmm. million was split between everyone else. Not, yeah. not, no, not true. But and the CG know, he makes tons of money. Yeah, <laughs> and it earned one point five one nine billion with a B. So it did impressive. pretty well. Yes, yes, quite well. I mean, I would definitely take that. I would find a way to give someone two hundred twenty million if they were going to give me one point five one nine billion back. Yeah, I, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're going to uh, get into the uh, development here. So, ideas for a film based on the Avengers began in 2003 with Avi Averad, uh, the CEO of Marvel Studios, first announcing plans to develop the film in April 2005 after Marvel Enterprises declared independence from allying with Merrill Lynch to produce a slate of films that would be distributed by Paramount Pictures. A lot of collaboration here. Yeah. Uh, Marvel discussed their plans in a brief presentation to Wall Street's analysts. The studio's intentions was to release individual films for the main characters to establish their identities and familiarize audiences with them. Good idea. They should have done hmm. that. Yeah, oh, that's... they did.
1: Other studios should do that. Oh, they yeah. didn't. Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weird. That's interesting. Idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they were to do that uh, before merging the characters together in a crossover film, which we have here. Hmm. Now, screenwriter Zach Penn, who wrote to The Incredible Hulk, uh began became attached to the film in 2006 and was hired by Marvel Studios to write the film in June 27. 2007 Why did I say twenty-seven? I don't just know. Just took why you out do a those zeros. <laughs> they're just <laughs> in June placeholders. <laughs> <laughs> zeros don't mean anything. Yeah, that's why they're zeros. <laughs> Uh, in the wake of the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike, Marvel negotiated with the Writers Guild of America to ensure that it could create films based on its comic book counterparts, including Captain America, Ant-Man, and The Avengers. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm
1: surprised, th- just thinking about it, how good Iron Man ended up being and Incredible Hulk, because this was the time of the writer strike. Right. And mm-hmm. it's when we got so many really garbage movies like Transformers 2. <laughs> I like Quantum of Solace now, but it is the weakest of the Craig Bonds, and you really have yeah. to watch it with Casino Royale for it to be good. Right. Like, we got a lot of crap, and the fact that, especially Iron Man, which is like one of the best Phase 1 movies, came out of that time in Hollywood is surprising.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. It's uh, it goes to show that uh, John Favreau really knew how to make a movie.
1: Mm-hmm. I think. should Give him a couple more. Maybe yeah. even a Star Wars show. Just give it a try.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just talking <laughs> crazy. Remember, we're but, we're not there yet. Huh. Um, where was I? Right here. After the successful release of Iron Man in May, so you couldn't just wait. I, I was just about to talk about it. <laughs> uh, the company set a July 2011 release date for the Avengers wrong <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little that's a little off uh, in September 2008 Marvel Studios reached an agreement with paramount an extension of a previous partnership which gave the company distribution rights for five future Marvel films and casting began in October 2008 with downey signing uh, though Don cheeto was also reported to be reprising his role his Iron Man 2 role in um, of war machine it, for the Avengers, he later stated that he did not think the character would appear in the film. Does he? We'll find out. oh no. Uh-oh. Stop it. <laughs> uh, in February 2009, Samuel L. Jackson signed a nine-picture deal with Marvel Entertainment to play Nick Fury in Iron Man 2 and other films. And Justin actually did list these all off in, I think, the Iron Man 2 episode. So Probably. Give that a listen. Yeah. i in September 2009, Edward Norton, who played Bruce Banner in *The Incredible Hulk*, stated that he was open to returning in the film. Cool. He's oh, that'd back. be so great. Yeah. Keep that continuing, Whatever that word. Sorry. Is. Continuity. Uh, yeah, I wasn't close, was I? No.
1: <laughs> yeah, I continuity.
0: Mean, I got the con right.
1: Yeah. Con.
0: <laughs> Oh, stop. You're good. The next month, executive producer John Favreau stated that he would not direct the film, uh, but would definitely have input and a say. Quote. That's a quote there. Thanks. Uh, Favreau also (laughs) expressed concerns, stating, quote again, It's going to be hard because I was so involved in creating the world of Iron Man, and Iron Man is very much a tech-based hero. And then with the Avengers, you're going to be introducing some supernatural aspects because of Thor. Uh, mixing the two of those works very well in the comic books, but it's going to take a lot of thoughtfulness to make that all work and not blow the reality that we've created. Unquote.
1: That's why you're not directing, Johnny. You just don't <laughs> get it. You
0: don't get it, John. <laughs> you're just make a
1: Star Wars show.
0: John. <laughs> <A> great one. <laughs> Um, in March 2009, actress Scarlett Johansson replaced Emily Blunt in portraying Natasha Romanoff in Iron Man 2.
1: Are you doing the entire history of the MCU, by the way?
0: I'm but no, <laughs> but it, I don't. I don't remember us mentioning this before, so I'm mentioning it now. Okay. And I also, kind of took into effect. Like, what if someone just came in and, and listened to the Avengers podcast? That's true. And not the previous ones. That's fair. Every so
1: uh, comic book off. could be someone's first comic book. Stanley said that.
0: Thank you. You know hmm. who else said it? Hmm. You. But you said it for me to help me, so suck it. You just faced yourself. <laughs> Anyways, back to that. Um, See, so yeah, actually, I didn't know that Emily Blunt was going to be uh, in an, a Marvel movie. I thought she was all against the whole comic book stuff, and now she's over that? I don't know. Maybe that could be a rumor. Who yeah, Uh, The following day, Marvel announced that the film's release date had been pushed back to May 4th, 2012, almost a full year later. I think this one's going to stick, though. better. I don't want to wait any longer. (laughs) Uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston joined the film's cast in June, returning as Thor and Loki, respectively. In July 2009, Penn talked about the crossover process, stating, quote, my job is to kind of shuttle between the different movies and make sure... That finally we're make, that finally we're mimicking, that comic book structure where all these movies are connected. There's just a broad, there's just a board that tracks. Here's where everything that happens in this movie overlaps with that movie. Uh, he goes on to say, "I'm pushing them to do as many animatics as possible to animate the movie, to draw boards so that we're all working off the same visual ideas, but the exigencies—that's a big old word." I don't know what that means. Of production, sure that's to take a first word. priority. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. I could <laughs> figure it out by the rest of the sentence, but. I guess. Power should just be given exigencies? Uh, no, thanks. Fake word. Big word. Big, big. Uh, at first, Penn tried to reduce, reduce Thor's role in the script because he had doubts about the character's ability to succeed in the film. Uh, he changed his mind once Hemsworth was cast as Thor. Uh, yeah. Have yeah, you seen that? That would either? do it. <laughs> yeah, right? Huge. <Hinch>. He's grot. <laughs> Uh The film had always intended to use Loki as its villain, but Penn noted that early discussions had considered using Red Skull. Oh. Would you have mm. loved that? No. Really? You wouldn't? I thought you really liked Red Skull. I do,
1: but it's...
0: It just would have been weird to bring him back and all that stuff, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... The, the Loki thing is a classic Avengers thing. It is... The first issue of Avengers is Loki taking control of the Hulk and sending him on a rampage. And the Avengers stopping him and then stopping Loki is what brings them together. And then they mixed in the Chitauri, which is from the Ultimates, which had nothing to do with Loki. So, I mean, it's... Every time we see Red Skull now, it's a great thing. And I hope to see him again, though I doubt we will. But, I don't know. I'm glad they went the way they
0: did. Um, In January 2010, Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige was asked if it would be difficult to meld the fantasy of Thor with a high-tech science fiction in Iron Man and the Avengers. He said, shut up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What? Have you been talking to John again? Shut up, John.
1: Go to Star Wars. (laughs) Then do a Jungle Book. How about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, John. John. (laughs) So Kevin Feige goes on to say, No. Uh, because we're doing the Jack, <laughs> yes, I edited that out. I, you know, I don't want do that. <laughs> yeah. I wanted the full uh, well. quote. <laughs> okay. Uh, he goes on to say, because we're doing the Jack Kirby, Stanley, Walt Simonson, J. Michael, uh, Straczynski, is that how you pronounce that? I do think you know? so. Close enough. But, uh, Thor. Uh, we're not doing the blow the dust off the old Norse book in your library, Thor. And in the Thor of the un- Marvel Universe, there's a race called the Asgardians. And we're linked through this tree of life that we're unaware of. It's real science, but we don't know about it yet. The Thor movie is about teaching people that. So I guess if you want to understand this movie, go watch Thor.
1: You stupid chits. That's <laughs> uh, You know, it, it, it definitely perturbed me and still does when people are like is this really gonna work is they gonna be able to do this is infinity war gonna work like yes (laughs) we've had 23 movies right it's fine like they know what they're doing stupid i mean it's a bit of a risk on the first one i get it but right it's sad how ahead of its time it was and still is to be like oh you tell a story and then you tell the other parts of that story to then write the ending of a story. And that's how you make a good story. <laughs> like, <laughs> weird. Yeah. That's that's yeah. really strange that you would do that to make it a good story.
0: That's a good way to put it, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the, yeah. And what... I mean, that's the thing. They still haven't figured it out. True. I mean, the Dark Universe, not to just crap on the Distinguished Competition, but... You know, they haven't done it. Transformers is trying for some reason. Like... Yeah, the... Uh, Universal uh, Monsters is trying. That's the
0: one I was trying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, None that's what working. the Dark Universe is. Or was. Right. For that week and a half that it existed. <laughs> and it's just... It's yeah. not that fucking hard, folks. Like, I... We have an episode I want to do later on that's uh, constructing a phase one for a different franchise. Mm. And... I like. I've thought about it for years of how you could do it, and especially for a comic book universe. Not to go off on too much of a tangent, because this is going to be long enough as it is. But it's all there, right? You have seventy plus years of content showing you how to make these movies, and they still can't figure it out.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. It but is. at least, at least Marvel especially did, for and we love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, a few more things for um, uh, development here. So in March, it was reported that Penn had completed the first draft of the script and that Marvel editor-in-chief Joe Quesada and Avengers comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis had received copies. Also in March, Chris Evans accepted an offer to play Captain America in three films, including The Avengers. Mm. I wonder what else he'll star in. It's hard to say. Probably not much. <laughs> All right, now we are into pre production Yes, we're not even to the movie yet. (laughs) Uh, By April 2010, Joss Whedon was close to completing a deal to direct the film and to rework Penn's script. It was officially announced in July 2010. Uh, On hiring, Erad said, My personal opinion is that Joss will do a fantastic job. He loves his characters and is a fantastic writer. It's part of his life, so you know he is going to protect it. I expect someone like him is going to make the script even better. We don't know for sure because I don't know what Zach Penn wrote, but he definitely did a good job. Uh, Feige added, I've known Joss for many years. We were looking for the right thing, and he came in and met on it. We wanted to find a director that's on the verge of doing something great, as we think Joss is. Good call again. We just stated that a 2010 San Diego Comic-Con international that what drew him to the film is that he loves how, quote, these people shouldn't be in the same room, let alone on the same team. And that is the definition of family. That's one definition of it. But I see what you're saying, Josh. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we received Penn's draft, he told Feige he felt the studio did not, quote, have anything. And they should, quote, pretend this draft never happened. Yikes, that is rough <laughs> stuff, Ben. <laughs> I know.
1: It's a bunch of garbage soup is what that is. Garbage
0: soup. I tried my best. <laughs> uh, part of Whedon's issue was the lack of character connections in Penn's draft, which necessitated Whedon to begin at square one. All right, buddy.
1: Uh, I mean, it, it, again, it goes back to what I was talking about a second ago. Like, you you come up with a plan. He was trying to write a draft before any of the other movies had been written or come out. Right. And it's yeah. like, well, how do you make the puzzle complete when you don't have half the pieces?
0: Yeah. Or you, oh, man, that was the perfect time to take a line from the movie of, uh, I can't solve the equation without all the variables. Yeah. He says that. Yeah. He didn't even mean to do that. It's just, <laughs> uh... You're just that damn almost good. Almost. It's also
1: permeated into my brain, so I just think of <laughs> Avengers lines without even like, half of the things I say throughout the day or Marvel movie quotes I don't even realize.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's what do. heroes do, you know? Oh Well played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We went on to write a five-page treatment of his plan for the film and created the tagline Avengers, some assembly required. Riffing, of course, on the Avengers assemble slogan from the comic books. Hmm. Uh, Marvel quickly began working on to sign Whedon to write and direct, only stipulating that he include the Avengers against Loki, a battle among the heroes in the middle, a battle against the villains at the end, and he get the film done for its May 2012 release. He did it. Yeah, all of those things, <laughs> some more. Uh, the script would go through a quote a lot of insane iterations of what might be according to Whedon. Uh, He wanted to explain there was a point where it was not certain Johansson would star in the film, so he wrote a huge bunch of pages starring the Wasp. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also was worried that one British character actor, Hiddleston, was not enough to take on Earth's mightiest heroes, and that we'd feel like we were rooting for the Overdog. So I wrote a huge draft with Ezekiel Stan, Obadiah stains oh, I guess we, Ezekiel Stane, uh, Obadiah Stane's son, in it. Hmm.
1: That I did not know.
0: Yes, you should listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. We got a lot more of that stuff. Uh, once all the actors were locked in place, the movie stayed on mission. Uh, we didn't notice that the characters used uh, do not have the same issue, unlike the X Men. He felt these guys just don't belong together before realizing their interactions could be like the Dirty Dozen. Mm. Uh, we did also reference Dr. Strangelove from 1964, The Abyss from 89, His Girl of Friday from 1940, and Black Hawk Down from 2001. I only know of Dr. Strangelove and Black Hawk Down. Hmm. Well, already. Uh, more fun yeah. facts about you didn't know. <laughs> Keep listening, buddy. I got more. <laughs> Uh, we didn't would ultimately share final screenplay with Penn, though we didn't noted he fought for sole credit and was very upset about it. So, yeah, I know. Geez, man, get over yourself. Uh, Penn felt the two could have collaborated more, but that was not his choice. He wanted to do it his way, and I respect that. Indeed, yeah, well played. Uh, The casting process continued into much of 2010 with the additions of Jeremy Renner, Mark Ruffalo, and Clark Gregg. Uh, Ruffalo, of course, replaced Edward Norton, whom Marvel declined to have back. Uh, I got a little quote here from Feingy. Uh, We have made the decision to not bring Ed Norton back to portray the title role of Bruce Banner in The Avengers. Our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of our other talented cast members. The Avengers demands players who thrive working as part of an ensemble, as evident by Robert, Chris H, Chris E, Samuel, Scarlet, and all of our talented casts. We are looking to announce a name actor who fulfills these requirements and is passionate about the iconic role in the coming weeks.
1: Translation yeah. <laughs> Uh, Norton yeah. didn't want to play ball and wanted sole credit and creative control, and that's not what you're allowed to have. Yeah,
0: pretty <laughs> much. Uh, but actually, he did have his agent, um, Brian Swartz, and uh, kind of quote unquote fight back on this statement, calling it purposefully misleading and an inappropriate attempt to paint our client in a negative light.
1: Well, when he's a douchebag. I mean, I love Edward <laughs> Norton, he's a great actor. Yeah, but he definitely has a reputation for a bit of a, a tood, and toad, and thinking a bit much of himself and the process. And I yeah. mean, it's it is tough because it's one of the things that the MCU gets slammed for is you have a line that you must t- toe in order mm-hmm. to fit into the big puzzle. And if you don't, you get gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and that's just <laughs> the way it is. And that there are pros and cons with that. I mean, we have great movies like Winter Soldier, Avengers, mm-hmm. but, you know, it also gets slammed for Iron Man 2, Thor The Dark World, and other stuff. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, fair. Um, In October 2004, Norton claimed it was his own decision never to play Hulk again because he wanted more diversity with his career and did not want to be associated with only one character. It's two dummy Bruce Banner and the Hulk. (laughs) Boom. That's two characters (laughs) right there. Um, In August 2010, it was reported that Paramount Pictures and Marvel Studios were planning to start shooting in February. In October 2010, Grumman Studios in Bethpage, New York, and the Steiner Studios in Brooklyn, New York City, uh, were announced as family locations with set constructions slated to begin in November. But as Whedon later explained, originally we were supposed to be in Los Angeles. Then for a short period, we were supposed to be in New York. Then somehow we ended up in Albuquerque. Don't you Close all? Close enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bugs Bunny does it all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um also, that October, Walt Disney Studios agreed to pay Paramount at least $115 million for the worldwide distribution rights to Iron Man 3 and The Avengers.
1: Give me five bucks for it.
0: <laughs> uh, the deal was also... we al- will DS- start that over. Take three. The deal also allowed Paramount to continue to collect the 8% box office fee it would have earned for distributing the film and a marquee credit. Uh, which is the placement of the company's production logo on marketing materials and the film's opening titles. And I I, I noticed that this time around. wouldn't mm. have before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... Does does Iron Man 3 say Paramount? I'll have to pay attention when we watch it next month. I don't
0: remember. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. I'm mean, According to this, it should, but we're going to have to... Yeah.
1: Because yeah. if... If not or if so, either this or Iron Man Three is the are the last movies to have the Paramount logo.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And then it's officially switched over to Disney and then it just said Marvel Studios. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't they don't do the Disney logo in front of their other properties.
0: Me too. Yeah.
1: Like it, huh. I, I love Disney for everything they've done, but I'm glad they were like, no, this is Marvel. This is yeah. Star Wars.
0: Yeah. We'll just take that money, though. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> they can give yeah. the money
1: too, and we can get you know Mandalorian, WandaVision, and yeah, Loki, March and March.
0: boom, booms. Um, as a result, the on-screen production credits read: Marvel Studios presents in association with Paramount Pictures. Uh, though the film is solely owned, distributed, financed, and marketed by Disney. And casting reached its final stages the following year. In February 2011, Colby Smulders was cast in the role of Maria Hill after participating in screen tests conducted by Marvel for the role of a key S.H.I.E.L.D. member who Samuel L. Jackson described as Nick Fury's sidekick.
1: Yeah, I I saw an interview with, I think it was Joss Whedon on behind the scenes of Avengers. And he was like, during the scene... That the actresses had to read to be Maria Hill. Yeah, they pull a gun on someone, and he was like, "When Colby did it, I thought she was actually going to shoot me."
0: Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's cool though. Yeah, that's Just one like, way to freaking get the the role.
1: Yeah,
0: she should have shot him.
1: Yeah, after the movie came out, and then they did Avengers two, then it wouldn't matter.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, Over these successive months, the film's cast expanded to include Stellan Skarsgård, Paul Bettany, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And Paltrow was cast at Downey's insistence. Uh, Prior to this, Ween did not intend uh, the film to include supporting characters from the hero's individual films, commenting, uh, quote, you need to separate the characters from their support systems in order to create the isolation you need for a team.
1: No, you don't.
0: Yeah. Clearly, it worked out just <laughs> fine. <Yeah. laughs>
1: Better, in fact. Yeah. Well, it makes it feel more real. Right. Like, it just... It shows that they're in their world at their house, and this person's over doing their stuff, and then they find a reason to come together. Yeah. That That's the beauty of Marvel, is that these characters come in and out and back and forth. I mean, the, no spoilers, but the last episode of Loki... Had a huge return cameo. Yes. And it was like, oh my god, they're back. And how great is it to see that person doing that thing? And it just made you go... It feel like everything's connected. Everything's yeah. back. You need yes. to watch this entire thing to get this entire experience. I think it's why S.H.I.E.L.D. is so far apart. I think it's why... Uh, in, well, there's many reasons humans sucked, but... It's one of the main reasons, in humans and the Netflix shows just always feel apart because you don't have that inclusivity.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's that's that's a great thing that that they do is they they make it feel more real by doing those kinds of things. Well,
1: it's what they did in the books, you know, and that's you know you would have a character show up out of nowhere and be you know a guest starring appearance in a book you know kevin smith's daredevil run had dr strange in it and spider-man and the fantastic four were there for a funeral and shit and it's just like it feels like a
0: universe that way all Right. yeah yeah it's very cool all right we are uh, into filming guys These um so principal photography began in april on april 25th 2011 in albuquerque new mexico at Albuquerque Studios with the working title. Group hug. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Sure. Uh, production relocated to Cleveland, Ohio in 2011. Where filming took place over a period of four weeks. And uh, the city's East 9th Street was chosen as a double. For New York City's 40 fecon- 42nd Street. Uh, to be used in a climactic battle scene. Hmm, That sounds climactic. Yeah. And in the Army Reserve Soldiers assigned to the Columbus, Ohio-based 391st Military Police Battalion, provided background action during the battle scenes in Cleveland, which were supposed to look like they were in New York. And they did. They did, actually, yeah. So Good job. I didn't know it was Cleveland. Yeah, this does make me wonder, though. Like, if you are from Cleveland, are you, like, kind of taken out of the movie? Because you're like, wait, that's freaking Cleveland. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my bank. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so Anything like that, I wonder.
1: You know what is cool? I've seen the online, I think like Pinterest and stuff, people will take stills from the movie of just the character of them standing in front of a building yeah. and then they'll put that in front of the actual building yeah, and it just like meshes in, in, in perfectly.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. We'll have to do that yeah. on, uh, I don't know where. See when
1: something ever <laughs> actually films here. That, uh, <laughs> there was a James Franco movie that filmed here.
0: Yeah, right, and the orchards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, find me that picture and I'll find a tree.
1: I can't (laughs) even find the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) Oh, that's... We're not there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Move on. Phase two.
0: Uh, Staff Sergeant Michael T. Landis stated the use of real soldiers made the scenes more realistic and helped portray the military in a more positive light, explaining that uh, it's easy for us to make on-the-spot corrections to tactics and uniforms the director actually took our recommendation on one scene and let us all engage the enemy as opposed to only the gunners and the trucks engaging which i think makes sense because you, you they wouldn't just be sitting there like all right i wish i could shoot but i, I can't <laughs> we
1: haven't got our orders yet oh well <laughs> yeah yeah they would Guess all I'll be die now <laughs>
0: Uh, Filming also took place in the large vacuum chamber at the NASA Plum Brook Station near Sandusky, Ohio. This is actually the opening scene. Uh, The station's space power facility was used to portray a S.H.I.E.L.D. research facility. And principal photography concluded in New York City, where filming occurred over two days. Yay, the movie's done. They did it. I
1: knew they could probably do it.
0: (laughs) Alright, a little post-production <laughs> in May 2012, in a May 2012 interview, Whedon said that it was his decision to include Thanos in a post-credit scene. Sorry, spoilers. Hopefully, sure you watched it was. By now. <laughs> yeah, uh, he says although the character is not identified in the film, and he goes on to say, "quote He for me is the most powerful and fascinating Marvel villain. He's the great granddaddy of the badasses." <laughs> And he's in love with death. And I just think that's so cute. <laughs> uh, <What>? <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, here's more. Uh, for me, the greatest Avengers comic book was Avengers Annual number no. 7 in 1977. That Jim Starlin did, followed by Marvel's 2-in-1 Annual number no. 2. That contained the death of Adam Warlock. Those were some of the most important texts and I think underrated milestones in Marvel history. And Thanos is all over that. So somebody had to be in control and had to be behind Loki's work. And I was like, it's got to be Thanos. And they said, okay. And I'm <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah, know, it's a bit much. I, uh, but I, I thought it was a little bit hilarious and I had to include it.
1: <laughs> I do wonder, because I mean, he did work very closely f- helping form phase one and stuff. And there's yeah talks of, you know, if you ever do a sequel, do it's got to be Ultron, and then you can have, you know, him put Jarvis and Ultron because Paul Bettany would make a great Vision. But yeah, you know, it, it, how much of that is true? Like yeah, I yeah, don't, yeah. I know he helped shape Phase One, especially towards the end to get to Avengers to make things line up better. But that seems like a load of shit.
0: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, an additional coda involving the Avengers eating shawarma uh, was shot on April 12, 2012, a day after the world premiere. Evans wore a prosthetic jaw while filming the scene to cover the beard he had grown. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, shawarma sales in Los Angeles, St. Louis, and Boston reportedly skyrocketed in the days following the film's release. Honestly, if there was one close by, I probably would have gone to. So. Oh yeah, I, I would <laughs> I have.
1: I had never heard of it until that movie, and I've never tried it even now. So, yeah, like yeah. if I ever saw anything that sold shawarma, I would try it even yeah. today, just Absolutely. to say that I've know what that is.
0: Yeah. Uh, we did stated that the inspiration for the shawarma scene came from the events surrounding the film, uh, filming of the scene where this is going into uh, his time on Angel, um. The scene where Fred dies in Wesley's arms in the Angel episode, A Hole in the World. After filming the scene... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Technically. Uh, After filming the scene, Whedon and actors Amy Acker and Denisoff, who portrayed Fred and Wesley respectively, went out for drinks and ended up just sitting around quietly, exhausted from the day's events, which Whedon then mimicked in the scene for the film. Fair enough. Maybe. I mean, fair, that fair. is what happened. Is that really what yeah. happened in real life to you? Who knows?
1: Well, casting a lot of shade on the Whedon.
0: <laughs> what? not you just doing that five minutes ago. That was like, you
1: know, get
0: out of the past, man. You know, let's oh move my on. God. Better day. You. <laughs> All right. One final thing here. Uh, the film contains more than two thousand two hundred visual effects shots compiled by fourteen companies. Um. I'm actually not going to read them all. I do have them all listed here, but it's 14 companies, so it's a lot. You've heard yeah. enough.
1: Most notably ILM and Weta. Yes, they, those are the, the, big, the big ones.
0: Yeah, those are the big ones.
1: What is impressive is that even this, like that, the movie's old. Like I mean, it's almost 10 years old now, and it still looks amazing. Yes, and it really the Chitari and all of that. Just it looks so great, even compared to stuff we're getting now.
0: Yeah, I had I I had no issues. Like I was never taken out no. of anything. Like everything just looked so real and perfect. It was awesome. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I got I got a bunch of records. Should I go into these? There's I don't know how many, but there's quite a few records. Let's do it. Okay, here's some records that the movie got. Uh, so the first one is opening weekend for any film. As far as money goes, and they had two hundred and seven million four hundred and thirty eight thousand seven hundred and eight dollars. Uh the, another record is the opening week for any film at two hundred and seventy plus million. Uh, they have another record for opening weekend adjusted for ticket pricing with two hundred and seven point four million. They have a theater average for a wide release of forty seven uh forty seven thousand. And 3D gross, so yes, this is back when 3D was, I guess, at, at its peak, probably. Yeah. then a 3D gross during opening weekend of $108 million.
1: I remember seeing this in theaters, I, I don't remember if it was the first time or the second time or one of the others, but I had to see it in 3D because that's the only way I could get tickets. And it was <laughs> so dark, like particularly when they were in the woods. Oh, yeah. Um, it was so dark, I could barely tell what was going on sucks. I oh. think it had to have been the second time I saw it because, like, oh, I knew okay. what was going on.
0: Okay. <laughs> of course, the second time.
1: <laughs> well, I think I, I saw this at least four times, if not five, in theaters.
0: That's actually sh- short for you. Because oh, yeah. it wasn't Iron Man, like, eight? Eight plus? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I toned it down over the next four years.
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, another... A few more records here. So they had an IMAX gross during opening weekend of a $15.3 million. Um Their next record is the second weekend for any film. They have that record with $103 million. Monthly shares of domestic earnings for May 2012 of 52%. That's a lot. For all the other movies in May, they had 52% of the earnings. it's yeah. pretty good. Uh, high, highest cumulative gross... Cumulative. Yes. (laughs) Cumulative? It's close. I don't think it's tomato-tomato. It's cumulative. Mm. Um, This is from days 2 to... 43, I think? No, I don't know what that means. I don't know what this means now. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, So days to reach... 100 million, 150 million. They did that in two days. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, days to reach 200, 250, 300, 350, 400, 450 million. They did that in three days, six days, nine days, 10 days, 14 days, and 17 days, respectively.
1: So they were at that is... half a billion almost in just over two weeks.
0: Yeah, it's freaking nuts. Yeah. and And then for days to reach 500 million... They did that in 23 and 550 million. They did it in 31. So, in a month, they, they reached $550 million. Sorry.
1: Half a billion yeah. in a month.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got uh, uh, three more records here. Uh, so, they have the, the record for May opening of $207 million, which I'm, just, I'm sure is not the record anymore.
1: Hmm. I was going to ask are these records that it still holds? Killing um, inflation?
0: I don't. Think so?
1: I would doubt it, especially with the I Star Wars were, and all that. Jazz, yeah. But I at the time,
0: just, yeah, I think there's a records that they did at the time. Yeah. Uh, another one is opening weekend for a superhero film with two hundred and seven million, and the highest grossing superhero film with six hundred and twenty three million. Man, that's that's
1: domestic because obviously it made over a billion, but yeah, that's the, the yeah, domestic five billion.
0: Yeah, just crazy. Yes, so that's that's uh, that's uh kind of the, the history Avengers of Avengers in
1: a large nutshell. Yeah, a giant-sized yeah, so peanut. We're going
0: to get into some talking points, and and afterwards, I've got some fun facts and some Easter eggs. There's a lot. That of them. sounds fun, but, but they're
1: fun. That sounds fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's get into actually talking about the movie. Oh yeah, we, we still have to saw. do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Alright, so the first no, kind of note here I have, um, and it's pretty much just the opening scene, <laughs> mm-hmm. is uh, Loki meeting with the Other. Um, it kind of just shows us that he, you know, right away Loki's going to be this villain. Like, mm-hmm. like His plan is to head to Earth and take it over, pretty much.
1: Well, and it shows, because the last we saw of Loki, he fell off the Rainbow Bridge into like a wormhole abyss, and then there was that weird tease at the end of Thor with him Speaking for uh, Selvig, which never really ended up being a thing, or did it? Mm. I, I wonder if he's I... the one that was, like, manipulating Selvig to get the door open so that he could get there.
0: Eh, uh, maybe.
1: Like, so they never say it and never really go into it. The, yeah. The uh, prequel comic kind of suggests it a little.
0: Okay.
1: If I remember right, but
0: I, I, it could work. Like, there's no definitive. Oh no, that's yeah, that can't be. Sorry, I mean, could work.
1: Because yeah, I mean, it just it's like oh the cubes acting up. Oh, it's open. Oh, Loki's here. Oh, we're screwed.
0: Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, but I, I didn't want to. know, Do we see this this character the other again after yep. this movie? We do. Where do we see him again?
1: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One.
0: Oh really. Really? I'll, I'll be honest. It's been a while since I've watched that one. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it though because I love that movie. Not enough to watch. Apparently it, not much. A while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or remember that scene where he dies. But <laughs> yeah, Ronan like yeah. shoots him with a blast with his from his hammer and like twists his head back oh, and then okay. he dies.
0: All right. Well, yeah. thank you for answering my question.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. And
0: spoiling that scene for someone that's never seen it.
1: Maybe I'm lying.
0: Mm. Oh, God. Oh, no. Mm. Was he lying or not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's all I got for that talking point. The next one uh, is, is what you kind of mentioned is the rack opens, and Loki comes, and mm. he ends up taking over Selvig and Hawkeye. But So it's like, is he did he take over Selvig again? I guess more if he was already taking over him?
1: Well, and that's what's... <laughs> And they kind of really loosely talk about what the stones do and whatnot, and it's tough to say how much of a plan they had. I mean, according to Just, they weren't even going to use Thanos until he said, hey, this is what this could mean. So it's like, okay, if that's true, which it's not, but if it's true, then what were the stones in the first place? Like, what were they supposed to be if it wasn't Thanos? Because if you're going to do Infinity Stones, you're doing Thanos. That's his thing. Yeah. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good point. I don't
1: know. Good Good call, sir. But it is the first time we hear anyone refer to Clint Barton as Hawkeye. And they don't even (laughs) really because he calls him the Hawk.
0: That's right. Yeah. Because in, uh, we first see him in Thor and yeah, he, Mm -hmm. he just calls him Um, just Barton, right? I don't even think we get a first name.
1: Mm
0: -mm. I I don't think so. Yeah, good call. You're so Uh,
1: well, yeah. And they don't even really call him Hawkeye in this. They just refer to him as you know. Selvig calls him the Hawk, and after that, you know, it's just Barton or Clint. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of the first time they even. it must be Age of Ultron where they first actually call him Hawkeye. Okay. Like during that opening fight in Sokovia.
0: Okay. It's yeah. Now now thinking back, it's like, how'd you get there? Like like why why did you how did we get to calling him Hawkeye now?
1: Yeah, because he's rarely ever referred to as that, and he's not in very many movies, really. Yeah. <laughs> it it That's has to be Age of Ultron. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, and he's not in Infinity War. He's not in any other. I mean, he's in Civil War. But other than that, he's not in
0: anything really. Yeah, yeah. And you know, since we're on him right now, I I remember people kind of, and people still do. They kind of give him crap for for this. I guess just for him, being him in general, but I think he did great. Like he was fine. Yeah. You know, the whole, him. he never runs out of arrows. He, he does run out of arrows eventually. Yeah, he did. wow a while. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I don't get the hate for, for him in, in these movies. Like, I'm fine with him. I think he's great. You
1: know, at this point, and maybe I'm just trying to stick up for the thing I love, but at a certain point, it's like the MCU is so popular and so beloved by so many that people have to find a reason to hate it. And it's just like, this is Hawkeye from the books. Like, there's nothing really that they've done any different. He's not a huge character, but he's not really a huge character anyway. Like, right. And yeah, he has his own book. Well, now he's getting his own TV show on Disney+. Plus. So it's like it's not, you know, he's not Captain America. He's not Iron Man. Right. He's not one of the tier leaders of the team. He's just on the team. Right, yeah. I mean, I would be more upset about Black Widow not getting much of a backstory until now.
0: True.
1: And people are upset about that and complaining about that and like, why are you making this movie now, not ten years ago? But you know, we yeah. also got twenty three other movies, folks. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. they had a lot to <laughs> shove into those ten years. I don't know what uh
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can just throw in a Black Widow Because then it would have been, oh, you just you just half assed the movie. Yeah, you're just no, it, making it to make
1: movies. To <laughs> movies. So why don't you just make movies when you should, not uh, just to make fans happy?
0: And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Y- okay, they can't win. No, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. That's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. So after this, uh, Cap gets the call to kind of stop and bring in Loki, which he does. I mean, of course, he's Cap. But well, yeah, uh, it, it, obviously. It, And they do point this out. It, it's, it is a little too easy. Like, it hardly took any fighting mm-hmm. at all but we do find out later on there was a whole plan
1: yeah like he was doing that on purpose to yeah. he wanted to get caught right twist yes. i love the cap suit by the way it gets a lot of crap even in yeah. Endgame. <laughs> um but the the whole idea behind it is colson designed it and yes. he's like me a cap fanboy it's not the suit i'd design but <laughs> you know it's it it's him Taking all of his World War II nostalgia and love for the idea of Captain America and making it a suit. And that's why it's a little doofy and a little mascotty, but like that's, you know, childhood Colson making a thing.
0: Yeah. You know, it's just, it's kind of what the, the they need right now, yeah. as he says in the movie.
1: Boom. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, the, this whole tone of the movie is so. Different to most of the rest of the MCU because it has this kind of weird corniness to it. Mm, that, right. like, but to me it works. To me, it feels like a changing of the guard and showing that it, it's how, like, if if the Schumacher Burton Batman movies had been done well and made into solid great movies, this is what they would have been or could have been. You know, it has that. Campy charm and hokiness to it, kinda, because it's a bunch of wacky superheroes fighting aliens in New York. <laughs> it's a bit wacky, right? But it's done so earnestly and thought out so well that it's one of my favorite Avengers movies, even after the greatness of infin- you know Infinity War and Endgame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but thanks. All right, what do we have next? um oh yeah uh so while loki's locked up uh they all kind of start fighting um it seems to kind of stem around the whole phase two project uh that keeps getting referred to it's kind of a that's although i'll say it as we it's kind of we're kind of left in the dark about it until mm-hmm. um until i guess stark finds out almost at the same time that cap brings in the gun which is yeah. they're 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 planning to weaponize the tesseract yeah. um so they are all kind of fighting about it. And, and I think some of this stuff kind of ends up bleeding towards civil war and in little little comments here and there kind of get played out eventually in future movies, I think. But I also was wondering, is it Loki's staff that is kind of causing this? Like, is there some sort of yeah. spell over the staff? Because they do hint at that. And I wasn't sure if that was official or not.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it that is the mind stone. Right. So, I mean, he is using, and that's how he's able to, you know, control Selvig and Hawkeye and, and whatnot. But it's the Mind Stone essentially warping the minds of the Avengers to turn on each other. Okay. And you skipped over one of your notes, by the way, which is oh. Thor, Iron Man, and Cap all fighting in the woods.
0: Yes, you're right. I did skip over that. <laughs> and I do love that scene. It is great. I do Even too. though you couldn't see it in 3D. <laughs> it's so dark mm-hmm. right <laughs> um yeah it was it was a it's a very cool scene the fighting's awesome like and and it's so realistic I as i've I, I remembered this from watching it last night they it was i think when they either both or one of them gets like thrown through a tree trunk mm-hmm. and it that like part of the trunk breaks off and the tree falls like kind of straight down how you yeah. would imagine it really would and it, yeah. it just it's so cool that like how realistic they get these fighting and then you get grandpa cap coming and like, "You hey, kids knock it off." <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's I love that because he's just like, "Okay, enough's enough. Toss the yeah. shield, break the kids up and be like, "Okay, folks, let's
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: let's s- settle down. Like, we, we yeah. have bigger fish to fry right now."
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think Thor definitely was like, "Okay, this guy is a, a little more legit than I thought." Yeah. Like with the whole, you know, the shield, the having no fear, like, all that kind of stuff just like, I think he got huge respect for, for Cap at that moment.
1: Well, is, and even, you know, the scene right after that of, or, you know, as that scene continues, and he's talking about, you want me to put the hammer down, and when he smashes the hammer onto the shield, and it sends out that shock wave that just decimates a large part of that forest. Yeah. And it's like, and uh, Cap says something like, are we done here? like (laughs) we're all great we can all fend each other off awesome now let's do the real work
0: right yeah yeah It is (laughs) cool all right um and then yeah as we we talked about that next one with loki and the staff um did you have any because you said i i I skipped over some stuff was there anything that i you wanted to throw in yet or just keep going we good? Yeah, we can keep going okay uh, the next thing I have here is the uh, the big fight on the helicarrier. Um, Hawkeye or the hawk is. Must <laughs> be called at this the time. Hawk. <laughs> Sounds like a radio station. Give me some some numbers or letters too. <laughs> go go again. Two two one zero five. The
1: hawk. <laughs> it's in the jam.
0: <laughs> what are those numbers? It's not even the a radio first. station. No. <laughs> It's a future it's a zip radio code. station. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's the one we're working on for the show.
0: 22105. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, man, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I think it so, actually
1: is an actual radio station sh- call I'm sign. I'm sure it is,
0: man. <laughs> How could it not be the Hawk? Of course it is. And it's probably Rock. Like, that's that's what yeah. I'm imagining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cats. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, wasn't, I told you to do it, but I wasn't even ready for it. It was that good. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Hawkeye shows up with some other. I am assuming they're also um, brainwashed soldiers. Yeah. Um, and they end up, you know, they're fighting on the test or on the test, right? They're fighting on the helicarrier. They blow up mm-hmm. one of the engines, and so they're the, the Avengers are kind of split up. Then working on that, fighting each other with uh, Hulk and Black Widow, and then and Thor comes in.
1: Yeah, and this is our first uh, Hulk sighting. This is the first time. That Ruffalo gets to turn into the Hulk.
0: Yeah, yeah. As we mentioned last episode, he threw down yeah. a a, uh, a green blast of smoke before he changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk. Yeah, Hulk. Recognize. Drive. Yeah, um, yeah. Hulk. Hulk. He kind of went. Now, I mean, I understand he was already pretty pissed off, like right before this, and then mm-hmm. him getting kind of blown through, like I guess the ground, didn't help. Sure. But I still thought it was an odd time for him to change. Because he was so against changing.
1: Well, he was... It's one of those where he's not doing it on purpose. And mm-hmm. the the Tesseract... Or not the Tesseract. I'm doing what you're doing. The, uh, <laughs> yes. the Scepter is messing with his mind. Like, okay, when yeah. they're having that big confrontation in the room. And he's like, you don't want to know my secret. Want to know how I stay calm. And he picks up the Scepter. Like he's yeah, going to right. stab some folk or something.
0: Yeah, And he almost does it without even knowing it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. everyone just kind of steps back and is like, and Cap's like, Dr. Banner, put down the scepter. And yeah. then he looks at his hand and is like, oh shit, I've actually grabbed this thing without even realizing it. And whatever he was going to do.
0: Right.
1: And so it's like he's being manipulated okay. by the stone. How Loki is doing that without actually having hold of it is never talked about or matters but essentially the idea is that Loki is manipulating Banner to turn into the Hulk and that's also when uh, Natasha goes to talk to Loki which kicks off this big confrontation that's essentially what she pulls out of him is that Mm -hmm. his plan is to get the Hulk to turn on the rest of the team Mm -hmm. and wipe him out to get him out of his way
0: yeah, speaking of I love that scene. Where mm-hmm. I mean she she did an amazing job of acting right there. Yeah. Where it looked like she made it look like Loki was really like getting under her skin and she was all like, Oh, poor me and yeah. and the whole turnaround and then he he gives away a little bit more and, and it's just barely anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he says something like or she says you're a monster and then he's like, No, you brought the monster and yes. then, That makes you go, oh, okay, so it's Hulk. You're gonna do that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, and
0: I I love that just change of of whole attitude and everything. You're just, oh, okay, that's what it is. You know, thank you. And she even says that, you know, thank you for your cooperation. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that was awesome. Like that's just so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I loved it. Um, And then, unfortunately, at at the end of the fight, pretty much, um, Thor gets dropped down, and then um, Loki is using one of his other kind of powers of, um. I don't know, duplicating himself, pretty much? Yeah, I don't I remember what like he calls polygram? it on the show. Yeah, but, but so yeah, but he ends up killing Coulson, um, which I, I know he goes on to have the show and all that, but it's still, it was still like, oh man, Coulson thing. Like, I really liked him com- coming up well, to I mean, this.
1: To this day, they have never acknowledged the fact that he came back. Yeah, that's true. Except Even in Loki, yeah. he is referred to as dead. That's true. Which I mean I guess technically at that point in time he would still be dead. The what I can't remember what the project was called that brought him back, but that wouldn't have happened yet. So technically that's true, he would be dead.
0: Yes, you're right. Tahiti is, that's what it was.
1: Yeah. yeah. Even though it skips right. around times, like technically in the timeline, it's twenty twelve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point, yeah. That's making me think now. But yeah, you're right. Cuz it's it's this is it's right after this movie. Mm-hmm. is when Loki is kind of beginning. So yeah, oh, good. Well done, sir. But no, back back to Coulson. I, I it was it was very sad, you know. And I know he goes on to to be fine in the in the show at least, but I would love to see him in the movies again. I, I don't think we ever will, but I would have loved it. I would have seen loved to we see. We did get that movies.
1: flashback or not flashback, but the Captain Marvel
0: yeah, in the nineties,
1: so they they got to bring him back.
0: Yeah, but it was like he 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 just had this girlfriend, the the cellist that, but mm-hmm. she just moved to Portland, mm-hmm. and and you saw like almost one of the, the last scenes before he gets killed was him and Tony coming into a room and, and Tony pretty much saying like hey, I can fly you to Portland, like no big deal, like it was like awesome, yeah. like maybe maybe he's gonna do that, he's gonna go see this girl and and work things out, and so it was almost like he was at a high point, but it was kind of a background yeah. thing. Yeah, had to be kind of paying attention, and then poor Colson yeah. dies. It's like,
1: well, yeah, and he was finally meeting Captain America. He has to get his trading card signed, but yeah. didn't get to it. Like, well, I mean, he—that's the beauty of Colson. I mean, he was a character created for the films. We mm-hmm. talked about it back in Iron Man. He was supposed to be just some random agent, and Clark Gregg was so good that he became a bigger character and kind of swept the MCU when he was in four of the six movies he wasn't in hulk or cap one right yeah but he became such i mean he's such an affable lovable guy that you just you like him no matter what yeah and you know he became that kind of linchpin to bring everything together
0: yeah he absolutely did that's my next note here is colson's death brings the avengers together like he is the reason that they all are finally teaming up Versus just trying to fight alone. So
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It worked really well. I mean, it's
1: something that... Because it doesn't need to necessarily be a big thing, but just something to be like, okay, we need to stop screwing around and get our shit together and focus our energies on getting this done, like Cap says. Like, right. We... Don't need. We can't keep squabbling with ourselves. We can't keep trying to be our own hero. We need to just get the job done.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the next talking point I got here is Loki opens the wormhole, which is of mm-hmm. course bringing in the Chitari, which which was only like I don't know a dozen or so at first, and they think you know they're doing okay, but then they'll, you know they send in the rest. It's like oh god we're done for yeah um yeah I mean, but it was all cool it was great fighting the the fighting the chitauri like the visual like we mentioned before the visuals looked great yeah. um the different ways that they killed them and all that stuff like, like it, it was it was super entertaining yeah I, I, they're I, a lot I,
1: different than the chitauri in the books mm-hmm. um originally the chart chitauri are like a makeshift scroll they can okay transform into other people and they're they're essentially the scrolls just with a different name and look but i i like the armature and the idea i think one of the things that might have been in the art of books for the movie was that all that armature is stuff designed by thanos to control them oh really yeah so it's like he invaded their planets and you know, gathered them all up and then like fitted these armors and helmets and shit onto them to make him, them do his bidding.
0: Okay. Oh, he killed half of them first, of course.
1: Sure. <laughs> As you do. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, there was a ton of great scenes and showing mm-hmm. each individual person fighting alone and then together and, and, it was and cool that giant
1: ass Leviathan.
0: Yeah. Like, that just thing was great. flying in. Yeah. And kind of the, the, second introduction i guess of hulk yeah with banner showing up and in, in the to seeing the the line that a lot of people use the, that's my secret cap i'm always angry mm-hmm. and just to change into it and just punch it right in the face oh man that was cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then iron man blows it up and then he sends sending in the rest and it's like it was such a big ordeal to take down that one and then you see like right. three more come through the wormhole and I, when i was a kid watching that it's just like fuck, like yeah. It was so hard to do that one, and now they have so many more. Like, oh my
0: god, how are they
1: going to do yeah. this?
0: Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Um. Another sh- thing I have here is uh, oh yeah, we get the hero shot with mm-hmm. the the kind of the, the camera spinning around everyone and everyone kind of doing their thing, their cool and, badass and it's, pose. Yeah, it it's
1: cool, still man. one of those great, I mean, movie moments and MCU Absolutely. moments to be like they're all together, they're all as one. They're all suited yeah. up, ready to rock.
0: Yeah, they yeah. are right here, right now. They are mm-hmm. the Avengers. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a great scene.
1: Some would um, say it's badass with four exclamation points. <laughs> I Hate you. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, that's what I have in my notes because it was badass with four exclamation points. That's right. All caps, I'd even put too. in a
1: fifth. Yeah, all caps. <laughs> then they totally win. Oh my God. Team full of caps.
0: are <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, well played though. <laughs> uh my next note here is that Loki gets ragdolled, which is hilarious, and mm-hmm. uh, and he's still afraid of Hulk because of this. Yeah, because it's yeah because I I I managed to watch it last night, but it's it's funny because then you know, Hulk kind of going towards him, and Loki's like enough, like like you you guys are nothing, you you people are nothing, and, and this and that, and Hulk's just like shut up it just grabs him. <laughs> do, 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 and just ragdolls him oh my gosh it's hilarious
1: <laughs> and the callbacks that they do to it later on when they bring it back in Ragnarok when, yeah. he, when he does it to halt, uh, Thor and Loki's cheering in the stands yeah yes now <laughs> yeah,
0: you know how it feels <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man it's hilarious i love it yeah. i love the callbacks that they do too cuz mm-hmm. again it goes back to your thing like like in order to get that like, you'll, it'll still be funny for you if you if you haven't seen this, but if you have, like, you get even more why it's funny. I love yeah. it. And the next note I have here, my last one, but it's not quite the end of the movie, but pretty close, is, uh, it's kind of, it's, I, I labeled it as Tony's first sacrifice with the new, yeah. like, like he, he does more, obviously. It's a lot more. Um, well, this was the first one where I, there was, like, no second guess about it either. It was just he was told there was a nuke coming, and he went, found it, and immediately had a plan on what to do. And he yep. knew, like, as he was going up, he was being told, and I think was realizing he was being told by Jarvis and realizing like, there, there's we don't have enough to get back. Like, this is a one way trip. Like, this is it. And yeah, I think and, that's
1: something that uh, Cap says to him because they're all on comms.
0: Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and yeah, it's it's. it's it's moving like we know what happens so we know he's, he ends up being fine but at the moment yeah, it's like, this time yeah 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 it's like wow this is you know this isn't that that selfish guy that cap was just arguing about before like he's he's more than just this playboy billionaire philanthropist all the things he says with a suit mm-hmm. like he's 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 here to really protect this i guess it's just manhattan at the time but still it, it it's a it's a big deal yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and even just you saying that made me think of a bunch of things that I didn't even think to bring up when we were talking about it. Like, when they were in the room with the staff and all arguing, and uh, Cap's like, you know, big man with suit of armor, take that off, what are you? And yeah. Iron Man comes back to him with like, you know, you're not special, everything special about you came out of a bottle, yeah. and it's... I love that line. Like even thinking about it gives me gives me goosebumps because it's like it's those little seeds that plug in for future movies and Civil yes. War in particular. Like yeah, another awesome scene when they're fighting New York is this like connective fight where you see one person hit an alien that goes into another person hitting a different one and this goes into that and yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron Man joins Cap for a second and shoots at his shield to help him wipe out a bunch of aliens. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was cool. And
1: fast forward four years and you get to Civil War when he's firing at his shield again. And it's so much more heartbreaking because it's like, you know, that first time he did it, it was awesome. He's wiping out aliens. And right, this right. time, like, they're fighting each other. Yeah. And it's he's trying to take them down. It's, it's just brilliant. The way that they call back to things yeah. that make you go, oh, man, when this happened the first time, it was this. But now it means this. It's just...
0: Right, yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's it's so cool. Like
1: It gives you that rewatch value.
0: Yeah.
1: Like watching Loki makes me want to watch Ragnar- or, uh, The Dark World.
0: Hmm.
1: Watching Endgame made me want to watch The Dark World. Like it was
0: huh.
1: every time they bring up Frigga and her death and how important that is. Right. Which you don't really, I mean, obviously it's important, but you don't really think about just how big a deal that is
0: until now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I, I love that they do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, so you got any more talking points for the actual movie or we're getting to the after credits? Um, I don't think
1: so. Yeah, not really. Because I mean, after they wipe out the nuke and Tony falls, Hulk catches him, which is an awesome moment. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And it does kind of call back to Incredible Hulk because, you know, when we were watching that, especially at the time, it was like, okay, so did he learn how to control it? Or is oh. he lost to it? And this confirms he's controlled it. And it really kind of... The MCU finds a very intricate, delicate way of just pushing aside those comic book things that are traditional. Oh. Like, Hulk. you know, Banner has to get angry to become the Hulk. All right. And if he gets too upset, if he gets riled up having sex, he's going to turn into the Hulk. <laughs> and... Yeah they did away with that in this movie and you never think about it again.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's never like, I mean, it's kind of a thing in age of Ultron when he loses control because of Wanda. But after that, it's just, it's not really a thing. He just, he can turn into the Hulk when he wants
0: to. Or he can't now. Or he can't because Hulk yeah. doesn't <laughs> want to. Yeah. Hulk is scared. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we got the after credits. So we had the first one, but we'll call this the mid credits. And it was uh, the other talking with Thanos. Um, I don't think Thanos says anything. I think he just turns and kind of smiles. Yeah.
1: Because um, uh, the other says something about, you know, to to challenge them is to court death. Which, going back to what Joss said, one of the mm-hmm. big things about Thanos is he's trying... In in the comics, death is an entity. Mm-hmm. It's an actual... Not living, but it's, it's an actual thing. Right. And his... Thanos' whole deal is trying to win the affections of death. That's right. how the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, which is essentially Infinity War, uh you know, that's why that is happening, is he's trying to impress the entity of death mm-hmm. so that they can be together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs>
1: it is. It it's is something I wish they second. had done, but I get why they didn't. Like, yeah. it'd be a really deep-cut comic book thing that would have made me happy, but right. I think the way that they went is better. Because he's a lot crazier in the books. Like, he's called the Mad Titan in mm. the books because he's just crazy. Right, right. Like, legit whackballs. <laughs> but in Back this, balls. he just has a point of view that is to an extreme that
0: is crazy. Yes. And the second after credits, uh, this is after it's completely over, which we've already mentioned before, but they're uh, they're eating shawarma, as uh, mm-hmm. Tony wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice.
1: yeah. Yeah, they're actually coming out with a Funko set that's an Amazon exclusive that's all of them sitting at the shawarma table. Really? And you have that's to get awesome. all six, and it will build the table with huh. them sitting at it. I pre-ordered that's the cool. cap. I don't know if I'm going to get all six, but I, I got the cap.
0: Now, does the other side of Cap, his I guess it'd be his left side, does it have a beard?
1: <laughs> no, but that would be he is he is like sitting with it because the reason he's sitting there with his fist to his face and kind of blocking it is that prosthetic with the beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To yeah. just hide it so it doesn't look stupid. Yeah, and it works. I mean, you, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Like if you really look close, you can kind of tell his face looks a little. Puffy, like it's you know a prosthetic over his face, but you have to be like looking for it.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have it in my fun facts, but yeah, I, I did read about that, and and uh, he was actually doing it for Snowpiercer, is what he had the beard for. Oh, a nice. movie that Justin still hasn't seen. No, he hasn't. <laughs> One day. All right, we're gonna go through these fun facts, and we're gonna go back and forth, Justin. We are. Yeah, I know. You, I know you haven't talked enough in this episode, and we That's need true. that. But I okay, am going to start, start it it off. to give you. Oh, okay. You're going to start. No, sir. No, I will be starting this one, and I don't have a reason why. Uh, so my first fun fact is Robert Downey Jr. kept food hidden all over the lab set, and apparently nobody this. could find. <laughs> apparently <laughs> nobody could find where it was, uh, so they just let him continue doing it. And in the movie, that's his actual food he's offering, um, and when he's eating it, it wasn't scripted. He was just hungry. <laughs> it's really, very, and I, 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 I did this before I watched the movie, and it was hilarious because yeah, he's offering these blueberries to people, and it's like, mm-hmm. so he just had these, <laughs> and yeah. he's only grabbed them because he got hungry at this scene. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man!
1: Uh, reportedly, Iron Man's "Let's just come in tomorrow" speech was improvised by Robert Downey Jr., as was "Doth Mother know you weareth her
0: drapes?" And I love that scene. That, yeah. that line. <laughs> That's hilarious. I loved hearing it again yesterday. Does mother know you wear her drapes? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they call back to that
1: line at some point, too, and I don't remember.
0: I'll have to watch all
1: the movies again to find out.
0: Yeah. Uh, The next one is, there were very few times that everyone was in town at once, but on one night when they were, Chris Evans sent them all a text reading a symbol, uh, the tagline to the movie. And it's prompting a night out in the town, Clark Gregg has stated that this is his favorite text message that he has ever received. That would be my favorite
1: thing too. If
0: Captain yeah. America
1: sent me a message that said assemble, assemble. and I all went <laughs> we all went to have dinner or whatever, like that would be the greatest moment of my life. With
0: the cast of the Avengers, that'd be yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. man. I would just Make die there and
1: yeah. <laughs> I'd be okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. At around 54 minutes, according to writer and director Joss Whedon, that is, the quote that man is playing Galaga line was an ad the by Robert Downey, of course, and worked so well that Whedon decided to add it, a- add in an image of Galaga on that man's console as the scene's punchline. Yeah. I don't know what that Galaga is.
0: I don't either. I mean, you can kind of I see mean. him playing it. It looks like a yeah, sp- spacey game. Right. Yeah,
1: it looks like a Space Invaders on crack kind of game, but yeah, I've never
0: heard yeah. of it. Me neither, but that was funny. Robert County. Uh. oh man. He's great. Silly uh Reportedly, a scene was filmed where during the final battle, Captain America saves an old man trying to protect his grandchildren. He tells him to get them to cover. But as he walks away, the old man asks him, Cap, is that really you? He turns, and noting the man's World War II veteran lapel pin, trades a salute with him, as Captain America sprints away, the children ask their grandfather, "Do you know him?" And he replies, "We all know him." Man, I wish they would have actually done that. I know. Movie.
1: Just hearing that, <laughs> even from you, made me go, mm. "Yeah, like, right. I would have." <laughs> it's a bit cheesy, and I think oh, yeah. a bit tacked on. But oh, yeah. just the "We all know him" line—that would have been great.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I, I saw that, and I was like, "I have to include this." Like, Justin's going to love this. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool.
1: At around two hour, when the missile is released over Manhattan, the pilot calls detonation in two minutes and 30 seconds. Sequence between then and the detonation is two minutes and 30 seconds of film time.
0: Yeah, and I put in here that I love it when that happens. I love it when they they show a countdown or say a countdown. And it's real? Yes, the actual time length is that. Not Mm -hmm. where it's like five seconds. And it's like twenty right, different things happen. Yeah. Four seconds. <laughs> Four seconds. It's like, come on. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon explained that two of the founding Avengers members, Ant-Man and Wasp, were cut from the script because the film had too many characters. Uh, also, the screenwriters didn't want Ant-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe until his movie was released.
1: I think that's a good call. Yes, I remember all the rumors and like at the time I was like, yeah, bring them in, Ant-Man and Wasp, bring them in. shove a fucking rod up Edgar Wright's pooper and get this movie started for crying out loud. Like, let's just let this happen already. But I'm glad they didn't because it's... Ant-Man is a surprisingly difficult concept to kind of wrap your head around and to do that without a movie and then just have people shrinking and flying and commanding ants on top of everything else when you have no frame of reference for it. Is like assembling a team of superheroes with no background movies and expecting us to <laughs> accept them all coming together for some dumbass reason that doesn't make sense. And you wouldn't do that, you, <laughs> you know. Wouldn't you, do that. you wouldn't because it wouldn't no. make sense. It wouldn't make for a good movie. You'd almost want to re-release it like five years later or so in a four-hour edition that would actually help it make some sense. You know what I'm saying?
0: I have an idea. I don't know where you're coming from with this. but Yeah, I have an idea. Wow. You got into that one. Okay. You're up. At
1: around two hour five minutes, the Hulk bringing Iron Man back to consciousness by roaring at him was again improvised, but this time by Mark Ruffalo during his motion capture performance.
0: Yeah. I thought it was funny. It was a good way to kind of roar him back to life. Yeah. Almost like scared him back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I love that scene. That's great that that was improvised.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well played, Mark Ruffalo. Mm -hmm. See, Edward Norton would have done that.
1: (laughs) No. It wouldn't have been method enough. (laughs) Hulk would not roar.
0: (laughs) At around 55 minutes, Chris Evans was unsure about his character's line. I understood that reference because he was worried that it would make audiences think that he was his character was unintelligent. However, he was quickly comforted after he watched the movie with an audience and he saw that they found the line humorous as opposed to stupid.
1: That is one th- complaint I do have and they they kind of they make up for it in Winter Soldier, but Joss has a hard time In the first one with Cap and Thor and in the second one with Thor and like figuring out how to quite handle them. Mm -hmm. And there is a... I mean, he's a man at a time. He just woke up from, you know, yesterday. It was the 1940s and now it's 2012. So it makes sense and it all works and it's all fine. And Chris, a lot of that is Chris Evans Mm -hmm. pulling that off and, you know, just being charming. Yeah. But it's worth noting that at the time they were filming these movie, this movie, Thor and Cap 1 hadn't come out yet. So they really had no idea even if people would like them mm. as these characters.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Good point. Good call, sir.
1: At around 2 hour 10, when Pepper and Tony are in their apartment going over digital plans to build Stark Tower, the Quinjet isn't the only visible clue to an Avengers headquarters, Stark begins to lay out the plans for rebuilding Stark Tower, spreading out a set of plans for the section allocated to each Avenger, each identified by a symbol. From left to right, there's Thor's hammer, Hawkeye's bow, Cap's shield, Iron Man's helmet, Black Widow's hourglass icon, and a helix representing a Hulk. He then selects the plans for Cap's section.
0: Yeah. I do not remember that any other time except for after I watched this, I was looking for it. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't paying attention enough to it, so that was cool. yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. For anyone else that didn't know, go back and watch.
1: Indeed, I'm glad you have this because I wanted to say it. Your next one.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Lou Ferrigno contributed to the voice of the Hulk in this film. Uh, he has played the Hulk in almost every live action version since 1978. He played the Hulk in the television series The Incredible Hulk. 1997 and it's subsequent three television what did i say
1: 97 yeah okay close enough
0: i mean those that number is in there yes nines and
1: sevens are all in there (laughs)
0: yeah uh and it's subsequent three television specials he voiced the hulk in the big screen the incredible hulk in 2008 in which he also played a security guard uh he also played a security guard in hulk 2003 he also has voiced the Hulk in various animated productions.
1: That's one thing I do kinda miss, and I'm I'm glad that you know now it's Ruffalo and obviously now Hulk is Ruffalo, because he's smart Hulk and can talk like him, but I do miss having Ferrigno as the voice of Hulk in like Ragnarok and right. Age of Ultron and stuff. It was a nice little callback when yeah, I knew that definitely. was who Hulk was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. God, you have a lot of Things here, We're almost done. I
1: don't know. I'm just saying. According to visual effects supervisor uh, Joss Whedon disliked Iron Man's Tinkerbell pose when flying, so he insisted that in this movie the suit be equipped with a jetpack. This would allow his hand's gauntlets to be free, which in turn offered those great cowboy poses that were seen in the film, which I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. So
0: so instead of having his hands down at his sides, yeah, like having to trip stabilize calling it the mm. Tinkerbell one. So now yeah. that he has the jet back, he can kind of have his hands up or his hands yeah. doing mm. whatever he wants. So
1: that's fair. So yeah, I think it'll it work out cool. for the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And at around 56 minutes in the film, Bruce Banner references the fact that the last time he was in New York City, he broke Harlem. Uh, This is, of course, a reference to The Incredible Hulk when the Hulk fought the abomination in Harlem, New York. This sounds more like an Easter egg than a fun fact. According to Vulture,
1: this is the amount of screen time each hero has in the film. Uh, Captain America is 37 minutes, 42 seconds. Iron Man is 37 minutes, 1 second. Boom. Glad Cap has more time. Uh, Black Widow, 33 minutes, 35 seconds. The Hulk, 28 minutes and 3 seconds. Uh, Surprisingly, Thor is only 25 minutes and 52 seconds, though I'm glad it's 2552. And Hawkeye is in it for 12 minutes and 44 seconds.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before Mark Ruffalo was cast as the Hulk, Joaquin Phoenix was rumored for the part. Yuck. Uh, Joaquin was also... Really? Really?
1: I I get the next part of your I remember when he was going to be this next thing you're about to say but him as uh, Hulk no
0: okay that's fair I thought I thought you meant him as like an actor you know no I like, like him I think but he's a him great as actor. Hulk yeah he's he's yeah.
1: fantastic uh, yeah. for the most part but
0: I think you're right though yeah
1: yeah not as he's Hulk. not Bruce Banner
0: yeah and the and the second part of this is uh walking phoenix was also rumored for the part of Dr. Stephen Strange in Dr. Strange
1: I remember when this was a thing, because I mean it really wasn't that well. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. Yeah. But I remember seeing all the casting rumors for Doctor Strange and getting excited for him, and seeing his name and be like, "Oh, that'd be great!" But mm-hmm. I'm so glad it's Cumberbatch. Me too. Like
0: it, he's he's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's Downey Evans Holland level casting. It's like I couldn't see literally anybody else being Doctor yeah. Strange yeah. ever again.
0: Absolutely. Like like. When I hear the name Doctor Strange, I think of him with that, with the the facial hair and everything. Like it's spot Mm -hmm. on.
1: Uh, The hot dog cart crushed during the fight at the end of the movie is the same hot dog cart that Chris Evans was using during The Losers.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) I know we talked about that movie, and and, and I haven't watched that that? in
1: uh, 11 years, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to, and you can see that hot dog cart uh, not smashed yeah (laughs) it is a good movie um yeah it is uh the scene where dr benner says that's my secret cap i'm always angry has a funny outtake where mark ruffalo sees what is going on freaks out and screams dudes you're on your own to his friends and (laughs) runs away (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was funny that'd be hilarious i wish there was a is there a deleted scene for that i know you've watched them all
1: Um, I don't, you know, when the Avengers first came out on Blu-ray, there were surprisingly few special features. Mm -hmm. And then later on, like with the box set that we'll eventually talk about, I think they added some more, but I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. Uh, last one before we get into some Easter eggs, as each character is introduced, the previous scene references that character. Uh, it begins when Fury says to call in the rest of the team, leading to the next scene of Black Widow being called. In that scene, she is told to bring in the big guy, referencing the Hulk. The next scene has her luring Bruce Banner. In the next scene, Fury is having a video conference with the World Security Council and says, a war is won with soldiers, leading to the next scene with Captain America. In that scene, he says, the test Tesseract should have been left in the ocean, leading to the next scene in which Iron Man is in the water. Is that why you wanted to start so that I had to read all that?
0: <laughs> no. But I, I don't, I don't know if you were able to follow along reading it. But it, it I get made it. perfect yeah. sense to me. Like, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a bit long, but I thought that was cool. That, the way it kind yeah. of, each one led, led into it, and I noticed mm-hmm. it this go around.
1: I noticed so. the soldier one, and I mean, the yeah. big guy obviously was a reference to the Hulk. But yeah, the the ocean and the water that Tony is in—that
0: I it just chalked up to that's just what happens next. Right, that's fair. All right, now we are into Easter eggs. There's there's only uh, five of these, so, so we're almost done, everyone. We promise. And, and And again, I don't know what the reference for Easter egg versus fun fact is, but apparently I got one wrong. Let's see if I got the rest of these right. Well, an Easter <laughs> egg is
1: like a, a fun fact is like a fun behind the scenes, interesting anecdote, whereas an Easter egg is something in the film that would reference something else, like other media or source material.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right, well, let's see how I did on these, because I don't remember what these are. Fair enough. At around 46 minutes after Thor takes Loki off the Quinjet down to the mountainside, two large ravens fly by them as they are talking. In Norse mythology, Thor's father Odin had two ravens, Huginn and Muninn, I don't know, maybe, yeah. uh, who would bring Odin information from Midgard, which is Earth.
1: Yeah, and like uh, they're also, I think, at the in the opening of Thor... Yes, But they are well, for sure in Thor the Dark World. When we first see Odin on Asgard, when Thor comes back, we follow them flying to him, and then they take off. Yeah. Yeah. That is an Was Easter
0: egg. A- Yes. Okay, I'm going to ask you on each <laughs> one, so I'll be ready to okay. answer.
1: There are two spoken references to the early Incredible Hulk comic books. This is already an easter egg. When Captain (laughs) America is giving orders, he says Hulk smash, a catchphrase uttered by the Hulk in the comics all the time, as well as Incredible Hulk 2008, which is awesome, and also Lou Ferrigno when he goes Hulk smash! I fucking love that scene every time. Uh, After the Hulk thrashes Loki, he says puny god, which apparently is a reference to another uh, often repeated Hulk phrase, puny humans
0: yes alright you've already answered that is an yeah. easter egg mm-hmm. uh, when Loki is held prisoner on the helicarrier the computer screen monitors monitoring him shows an infrared image of the cell Loki's temperature is shown as blue which is cold due to the fact that he is a frost giant by nature I never caught that I did not either and I forgot to check for it this go around
1: hmm I'm gonna have to next time I watch it yes At around an hour forty, Tony Stark describes his Yes it is Is as (laughs) (laughs) Earth Yes. (laughs) As Earth's Midas Heroes, that kind of thing. The this refers to the famous tagline that has been featured on the cover of Avengers Comics since 1963. Uh, The phrase was also used as the subtitle for the animated series Avengers Earth's Midas Heroes from twenty ten. Yes.
0: Yay. And last one, at around 19 minutes, Nick Fury states to the council that phase two is not ready. Uh, Later, when Tony Stark decodes S.H.I.E.L.D.'s secret file, he asks Nick Fury about phase two. This is a nod to the Marvel Cinematic Universe film phases, this movie being the end of phase one and Iron Man 3 being the beginning of phase two. Yes. And (laughs) yeah, I I mean, I always kind
1: of knew that one, but it was it was nice yeah yeah
0: so yeah Mm. i liked it all right well everyone thank you so much for for sticking with us on this long one um this is all i have for avengers again you know this was a huge movie so there's gonna be a lot to it maybe i included a a few more easter eggs or fun facts than i needed to but we're only at about an hour and a half
1: that's not too shabby
0: yeah it's not too bad but now we have a half hour worth of uh, no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah no that is really it though um uh before we go though and before we tell you how to reach us and all that justin what is going to be our next episode tell well, me well jeremy uh the interesting thing about the next episode
1: is that it's a new release what Twist. yes i don't know which one of us is taking lead because I was going to take lead on Loki, but since we're going kind of back-to-back with new releases, spoilers. Mm. Uh, our <laughs> next episode is the world premiere of Black Widow. I will be watching mine on Disney+. Took the day off I... already.
0: Oh, very nice. <laughs> I, uh, I actually have the day off as well. And I, I that is my plan as well, is to watch it on, on Disney+ so it's
1: just easier and you can watch it like you can pay for it once and watch it a million times which is the thing i'm going to do
0: (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah so uh so we will be talking about that on our next episode we're not Mm -hmm. exactly sure when we release it um we're gonna aim for the week after this so yes, next that, week, that, yeah, yeah, that is the hope. It's hard
1: because that when this comes out is technically now our next week, but it'll be in actual time. It's like talking about Loki, but in actual time, Black <laughs> Widow will be yeah a week after this, but is actually almost a week and a half after where we're at right now.
0: I know <laughs> what you're talking about, and you confused <laughs> me. So good luck, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> wow. Hopefully was... it will
1: it will come out the Monday after it. Premieres on the 9th
0: Perfect. That is a much simpler so. way to word all of
1: that. <laughs> so the twelfth, possibly the twelfth.
0: Yeah, if not yeah. the nineteenth. Yes. Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll try and keep you updated on uh, the social medias. So you yeah. should go and follow us uh, wherever we are, which is on Facebook. We're at Jeremy. I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are on all three of those as we are Marvel Pod. Um, if you want to email us, um, you can email us suggestions, how good we did. If we did bad, please try not to email us. That just hurt our feelings. <laughs> to be our first email, hey, you guys suck. No, thanks. Wait till we get a – send a good one. We get enough send, of those hey, from our suck. friends
1: and family, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Uh, but we, are, we are marvelpod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, and if you could, you know, reach out to to your friends and family who hopefully aren't as mean to you as they are to us. <laughs> and 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 have them <laughs> have them listen to the podcast follow us on social media, do all that stuff share it with who you can yeah. review anybody us, you know who's a fan
1: of them. the mcu yeah
0: i, I think we're, we're putting out some pretty cool stuff and of course yeah. it's a biased opinion but um if you think we are you know uh tell other people about it hmm. Fo show, and i think that's it that's all we got for this week
1: mm-hmm. yeah thank See you guys you for listening
0: week. that's right uh, until next time i'm jerry
1: And I'm Justin. Bye. Bye.